Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? I am Raymond Summerlin, your host for this edition of the Roto World Football Podcast, and I will be joined today, as I am every single Thursday, by Rich Rebar to discuss the Thursday night game, as well as the most interesting data points from his weekly worksheet column. And then later on, Nick Minzio will stop by to bring all the starts and sits you could ever want for week seven of the fantasy football season. Before we get to that, however, I would like to remind you to rate and review the podcast wherever you find it. It helps other people find the show. It helps us in the rankings, and we very, very much appreciate it. With that out of the way, what's going on, Rich? What's going on, right? Here we are, you know, another week, another alpha talent lost for the season. So Uh, bad. So here we are. We probably lost arguably the best quarterback, arguably the best running back, arguably the best wide receiver. And if you're going to flip it on defense, uh, you know, Eric Berry, J.J. Watt, arguably maybe the best players in their positions. So, I mean, it seems like every week, man, one of these just you huge NFL stars now is falling by the wayside to not even just, you know, random, in, uh, like, you know, short-term injuries, but just IR out for the season type injuries, which is very sad. I mean, we, we want the best players to be on the field, especially in a season where the NFL is getting so much ridicule for the quality of the product. And this week, when you look at the slate, it's not the most endearing slate of games as well. So, I mean, ho- hopefully, you know, we, we're done here with these major injuries, but, uh, you know, we're going to pick up the pieces and move on because the NFL is not going to slow down for us in fantasy for week seven. Yeah, if the football gods could quit taking our favorite players, I would very much, I'd very much appreciate that. I am willing to donate my ACL and collarbone so that we, so that we don't have to deal with any of this nonsense anymore. But you know, they have given us another good Thursday night game. Ever mm-hmm. since we started complaining, not started, <laughs> we've been complaining about Thursday night for a long time. But that Thursday night, you know, early in the season, we're complaining about it. This is the third game in a row where you go, oh, this. This might be a pretty good one. The Chiefs heading to Oakland, a big divisional game for sure, one that the Raiders, you know, probably this is almost a must win for them. And uh, you know, let's start with the let's start with the Chiefs. Let's start with the road team. We saw last week them struggle against Pittsburgh at home, so it was a very disappointing performance. But do you expect them to bounce back this week? Yeah, I mean that game last week. That was, I mean, that's just so Steelers, Mike Tomlin Steelers, right? Like you know, to, to like not be playing well and go go on the road and you know beat an undefeated team. And they've owned the Chiefs number the past couple of years, anyways. But I mean, yeah, I mean the Chiefs guys. Um, there were some struggles. We had the 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 every other week forget we have Travis Kelsey game that kind of happened last <laughs> week. So hopefully this week is a is a uh, a good spot for Kelsey. And Oakland's been really poor against tight ends. They've had four top tens 
tight tight ends of the season. So I'm hopefully Andy Reid remembers he has Travis Kelsey Thursday. Kareem Hunt finally probably had his air quotes worst game of the year, but still had over 100 yards of scrimmage from the you know for the sixth straight game. He's the first player, first rookie to do ever do that in his first six games. So I mean, you still feel good about those guys. I mean. The, I think probably the most interesting guy for the Chiefs, I think it's just business as usual for most of these guys, is just, you know, how volatile, you know, when we knew he would be volatile, but Tyreek Hill's been kind of, you know, a fantasy disappointment so far. He just hasn't had, like, the big spike weeks. He's not getting the usage I think we thought he would with Jeremy Macklin chipped out. Uh, no creative plays are really run for him. He's kind of used just like a traditional, like, lid-lifting type receiver. Um, you know, we'd like to see some more of that creativity they used them last year, you know, especially from a fantasy sense. Uh, get some of those splash plays back. Um, but I think it's just business as usual for these guys. Alex Smith had probably his worst game of the year, and he still had over 15 points for fantasy and was the QB9. His eighth consecutive game dating back the last year of 15 or more points, which is the longest streak in the league. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there we are with the Chiefs. I mean, they kind of are a team we got a pretty good pulse on at this point. Yeah, and last week Smith was playing a very good defense. If, if, if you're not aware of that by now, Pittsburgh's defense is is really good. He was under pressure more than he had been, I think, really all all season, which again was not surprising given their competition. You don't have to worry about really either of those things this week. The Raiders' pass rush has been has been especially disappointing. So I'm not worried about any of that. Hill is con- is concerning for sure, but you know, he's always just a play away. And like you said, Kelsey, this is a great spot for Kelsey. It's a pretty good spot for Kareem Hunt. The Raiders are giving up the fifth most reception yards to running back. So all of that's pretty good. Moving over to Oakland, I mean, I think we have to talk about Derek Carr. The matchup is not bad here for him, but he has not thrown for more than 175 yards in a game. One of those games was cut short, but he still hasn't done it in three weeks. He has three touchdowns and four interceptions over his last three games. He looked uncomfortable last week. Amari Cooper is not playing well. I mean, can you trust Derek Carr in your lineup this week? I don't think so. I mean, not with the back injury, coming back from the back injury, and it's a short week. You know, he is at home. That does help the cause. And then when you think, like, you said it's not a bad matchup, but it's also a defensive scheme that it has given him just the litany of fits, you know, throughout his short career so far. I mean, he's never finished higher than QB19 against the Chiefs in any week. Uh, I think he's a real hard play, especially given what how his play was before, prior to injury and factoring in the injury matchup short week and everything else. I mean, I would probably look for something else if I had him. I mean, I don't think anyone has really... Everyone's basically had like an alternative plan at this point because of they're preparing from if in the event he missed last week and no one is really rushing to get him in the lineups, you know, coming back immediately from injury. Um, I think like really when you look at the Raiders, I mean, the only dude that like we're really like feel good about ever playing is Michael Crabtree. Like when you look at this, I mean, Marshawn Lynch, again, the matchup's not bad, but like he hasn't had more than 12 touches and 13 touches in a game since week one. They just aren't using him. I mean, last week he started out the game and ran for five yards of carry and just completely moved away from him again. Like you said, Amari's not playing well. Amari's gone over 70 yards now just once in his past 14 games. So it's not even just this year thing. He's kind of have a, a almost a full season sample of him not being that good of a fantasy asset. You know, hopefully he get, he gets on track at some point. But I mean, who's playing Amari Cooper at this point anymore? Like, what more do you need to see? Like, how many this is it weeks are you going to sell ourselves on? Uh, you know, for him. So I mean, it's really just Crabtree is like the only guy you kind of feel good about on the Raiders roster, and they're not running any plays. They're last in the league in plays per game too, as well. So there's no volume even to like really latch onto. Yeah, and the thing with Crabtree is if someone's going to score a touchdown on this team, it's a good bet it's him, and the Chiefs have given up the league-high 10 touchdowns to wide receivers. So 
that's a good spot. I still think Amari's going to break out at some point with a big play, and it's not like either of these guys is going is going to be you know marooned over there against Peters. They move around so much. This could be the week, but like you said, you're just betting on it. And you asked who's still playing him. I have a fantasy team that I've lost, I think, now six players to injured reserve, um, including Allen Robinson and Corey Coleman. So on that team, I'm playing him, but that's that's about that's about all you can do. And I, I know that this was their plan for Marshawn Lynch. I know that they said in the preseason this is how they were going to use Marshawn Lynch. But I don't think he's played poorly. Last week was a great opportunity against a very bad run defense to run him, to use him, to get him going. Like you said, he started out that game well, and they just refused to do it. It seems yeah. like he has a like hard ceiling at 15 carries, which means that it's all about is he going to get a touchdown or not, and that's that's basically impossible to predict from week to week. So do you see any scenario where you will, I guess, have him in your top 20 running backs moving forward? No, because, I mean, last week was the week I kind of sold myself on everything. You know, yeah. the you know the previous three weeks, the Raiders had trailed for every single second and half snap they had. You, you know, I was kind of lined up dots. Well, the game script's been bad. You know, the quarterback plays been bad. You know, now that they've got a good opponent or opponent he can take advantage of, this is the, the chance. And they have to find some offensive den. You know, Carr was hurt as well. As star, everything lined up, though. This is the week they have to, like, take the gloves off. They need a win. Like, they have to – and they – like you said, they went out there again, 13 touches. Like, I mean, at what point do you say, like, your window's now as the Oakland Raiders and Marshawn Lynch's career windows now at what point do you just say hey man like we probably should be running the ball a lot more than we are and it just it just doesn't it hasn't happened yet it's really frustrating I'm with you I he passes the eyeball test to me this isn't a situation like Chris Johnson when he was getting carries at Arizona uh Lynch looks fine like he he looks adequate he's making he's forcing missed tackles he's gaining positive yardage when he touches the ball it's just all about opportunity and this this offense just not having any identity at all right Right now, um, I don't think I ever rank him that high. I mean, like I said, I think he's basically like he's, he's in that flex, flex just get a, get a touchdown range is where we are. Well, I bet they're really happy right now that they gave up Bill Musgrave to hold <laughs> on to Todd Downing. I'm sure they're really excited about that move. All right, let's let's move on to the worksheet. Just like every week, we're going to talk about some of the most interesting names in the worksheet. And I just like every week, I'll tell you again that you should be reading the worksheet. If you'd like to win, you should read it every week. The first name up is Matt Ryan, who has been a pretty big disappointment so far this season. And that's saying something, because I, I think most people expected him to take a step back. I don't think we expected him to take a step back this far, but this week he gets the Patriots. Is he going to turn it around? And like you said, we knew regression was coming for Ryan entering the season, but it's been a little worse than I think any of us anticipated. It hasn't been all bad. I mean, he's he ranks second in the league in passing yards per possession behind Tom Brady, uh, but there's no doubt he's in an overall fantasy slump. I mean, he hasn't been higher than the QB 15 since week one, and he's already thrown six interceptions after throwing just seven all of last year. I mean, like I said, if you're in a fantasy slump, though, this week he gets the ultimate slump buster with the Patriots, who had already set an NFL record by allowing five straight 300-yard passers prior to last week and then went out and allowed 354 passing yards to Josh McCown uh, you know, in the Jets' offense. I mean, for, for some context, I mean, the Patriots have allowed... Um, if you just played every quarterback against the Patriots so far, they'd be the highest scoring quarterback in, in all fantasy football, no matter who, if you just blind played that played that guy or had that option. So, I mean, this is a week, I think, where Matt Ryan kind of gets gets on track because everyone else has, and the, the Patriots have woken everyone else up out of their fantasy slumber. So, I mean, hopefully we start to see 
uh, Ryan get it together because the schedule is still really great for the Falcons down the rest of the way. So if they can kind of find their footing and get this thing going like they did in the first half last week before getting dominated in time of possession, uh, you know, ho- hopefully this is it. You know, it gets the Falcons really, really ramped up as an offense we can really get behind in fantasy. Yeah, you mentioned it. They This defense gave up 350 passing yards and two touchdowns to Josh McCown. If it does not happen for Ryan this week, it is it is not going to happen. He's He needs to go out there and have a good performance. A guy that had a great performance last week, dunking on the top of all of us doubters, just posterizing all of us, Adrian Peterson, spectacular performance against what had been a pretty good run defense. So I guess the question moving forward, and I guess answer this at your own peril because he, yeah. he listens to the haters and he shuts us up. Can he keep this up? We, we knew we knew the opportunity was going to rise, you know, and he made the most of it a week ago. 42% of Peterson's carries last week went for five or more yards. Entering the game, just 23% of Arizona's rushing attempts of the season had gained five or more yards in the season. He had four carries of 10 or more yards, uh, which were two more than any uh, all the Arizona running backs combined had through five weeks. I don't want to overdo it and just simply bend the knee to Adrian Peterson uh, as some unstoppable force again moving forward, but he also does run into quite a peach of a matchup again, uh, you know, his newfound opportunity in London, the rare 1 o'clock Eastern London kickoff. Uh, The Rams have allowed five top 12 scoring running backs in the season. It's the most in the league. They've allowed one in every game except for to the Colts in week one and the Seahawks, two teams that haven't been able to run the ball on anyone and haven't really, you know, given like a full allotment of carries to one player. Um, and that's not through like passing production either. They're allowing 19.2 rushing points per game. That's the most in the league. I would probably in a league where if I was able to scoop Adrian Peterson off waivers, I'll uh, probably use this matchup as like an exiting point in selling this matchup. But he's going to be an interesting DFS play um, because, I mean, the Arizona gets a bye week next week, and then there's four games to the data circle to David Johnson is – circled to return that first December game. So it's going to be really interesting here. I mean, I would probably use his exiting point, but uh, I think he's going to be a good play again this week. I agree with that. And I would say what we see from him moving forward will be all about game script. And yeah. it, can they stay in it? If they can, then he's going to get his opportunities. The left side of their offensive line is healthy again and looked really good. So maybe, you know, maybe that's all they needed with Adrian Peterson there. But if they don't, if it doesn't work out, then you know you could have some eggs. This seems like a game they're going to be able to at least keep it manageable. So yeah, I'm I'm back on board this week. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Jimmy Graham. He had a terrible start to his season, but he's turned it around. He turned it around the few games before the bye. He even got a touchdown in week five. Do you expect that upward trend to continue? Yeah, like you said, he started the year just four four catches for nine yards through two games and had kind of an ankle injury in that second game. But 17 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown over his past three. He was a tight end one for fantasy in all three of those games. He's running a pass route now on 66.9% of his uh, snaps. That's the second highest rate for all tight ends with over 200 snaps played in the league. So when he's out there, he's just running pass routes. And we know that Seattle is uh, also not really running the football, especially in the red zone. They've thrown on 73% of their plays in the red zone. That's the highest rate in the NFL. And if they get there, this is a week they should probably look Graham's way again, considering the matchup. 
off of a bye, he faced the hapless Giants. I mean, once again last week they allowed a tight end to score. Uh, they've allowed a tight end to score in every game this season. They are facing the most targets per game, 9.3 to the position. They've allowed the most touchdowns, 7 on the year, while in the second most receiving yards uh, and receptions per game to the position. So I mean, I think this is a great week for Jimmy Graham. He's priced pretty down in DFS as well, uh, you know, to fit him in the lineups because it's everything the stars align because, you know, you get Doug Baldwin, uh, you know, going on the road to face the returning Dominic rogers Camardi. Graham should be the focal point of the Seattle passing game this week. Yeah, and I mean, tight ends at this point... <laughs> are all about touchdowns. And this is this is about as good a matchup as you could think for Graham if, if you're hoping for a touchdown. All right, let's finish up with another tight end, one of the few reliable tight ends that we have left, and that's Zach Ertz, who had his worst volume game last Thursday night, but still managed to find the end zone twice, still managed to remain an elite tight end. And I'm going to go ahead and assume you want him in the lineup this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes we dig deep for data points, you know, from the worksheet on players that kind of fit into like a start-sit angle that ties into the Knicks segment. Uh, but sometimes we take this form just to highlight, you know, what a good player has done and his outlook for the week. And this is one of those times. Uh, over his past 16 games played, Ertz now has 101 catches on 143 targets for 1,090 yards and 8 touchdowns while finishing as a tight end 1 in 13 of those games. He's the only tight end to have double-digit PPR points in every game played this season. Uh, and this weekend, he gets a team that he's had the most success again uh, against for his career. 19.2% of Ertz's career receptions have come against Washington uh, in just 13% of his career games played. He has 25.6% of the Eagles receiving yards, the second highest rate among tight ends for their team share yardage. And 33.8% of the receiving yardage allowed by Washington has gone to tight ends, which is the highest rate in the league. So, I mean, all signs point for Ertz uh, to c- keep continuous going. And like you highlighted, last week was a game where we didn't know if he had that in him to just to turn in like a two-catch, two-touchdown driven game. He was a, kind of like a PPR like anchor guy, but he's just been like an all-world tight end and is, and is that basically that, that passing game right now. You know, it's funny, the, the fantasy world we live in now, I have a friend who... When he was drafting, I told him, oh, you need to make sure you go and get Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz was taking one pick in front of him. And I get an angry text every single week about about what Zach Ertz is doing. That's the fantasy world we live in now. People are angry about missing out on Zach Ertz. What a... What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can you do, man? In the tight end position, has been so bad. He's probably been so one of the best bad. gems of uh, all fantasy. You know, one of the biggest values probably there there was during the draft when you, when you factor in the tight end position. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's ugly out there. I, I always get to I always get to tight end five or six in my rankings, and I'm just like, oh, I don't, I don't like any of these guys. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not happy about it, but. That's our world, I suppose. Thanks as always, Rich. Remember, you can find his worksheet column on rotorworld.com as we speak. Make sure you go and read that. You can also find him on Twitter, at Lord Reeves. And I will be back with Nick Minzio in just a second. And we are back with Nick Minzio, who writes Stardom and Sidem every week at rotorworld.com. Make sure you go and read that. What's going on, Nick? What's up, Ray? Coming off a good week, probably one of my one of my best weeks of my career, actually in DFS. So I'm, I'm excited about this one. Yeah, not a bad, not a terrible week for me. Looked like it was going to be much better before the afternoon games, but you know what are you going to do? It also doesn't help when you have Aaron Rodgers in your Millie Maker lineup. That that just it hurts a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It hurts just a little bit. Yeah, thankfully I avoided that grenade. Yeah, it was it was tough. You know, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt was probably the most 
the most disappointing thing about last week, you would say, I mean, seeing that great of a player, we've seen so many of them this year get hurt. Seeing that great of a player get hurt was just so disappointing. But from a fantasy perspective, the most disappointing performance of last week might have gone to C.J. Anderson, who had nine carries for 17 yards on Sunday night against the Giants. I think we all expected him to have a pretty good game. He had been pretty good. Do you expect better for him this week against the Chargers? Yeah, like you said, huge disappointment last week. Uh, entered the game as 12-point favorites. The Broncos did at home against the Giants. We figured Anderson was going to be getting the ball a ton in the second half. They just Broncos fell behind by double-digit points most of the night, and it led to Anderson playing a season low, 46.9% of the snaps. Definitely expecting that to correct itself Sunday against the Bolts. Uh, this game has a 42-point total, two-point spread. So if we're to trust Vegas here, this game doesn't look like it'll it'll get out of hand too much. So Anderson's snaps should come back up as the early down workhorse there in Denver. Week one, when these two teams met, Anderson managed 88 yards on 21 touches. I don't believe he found the end zone, but that's still great volume. He's seen at least 20 carries in three of five games. And no team has a lot more rushing yards to running backs than these Chargers, so... I really like the spot for Anderson a lot. The Marshawn Lynch just had a huge day against him last week. I mean, not a huge day fantasy-wise, but a huge day for him. He averaged 4.8 yards per carry. That's a season high for him. Wayne Gallman, Orleans Starkwell combined for 126 yards and a, and a touchdown in Week 5 against the Chargers. And LeGarrette Blount had a huge game in Week 4 with 136 yards on 16 carries. So I love this spot for Anderson. Yeah, Rich and I talked earlier in the podcast about how strange it was the Raiders did not use Marshawn Lynch more last week. I know that they've said, we don't want to use him too much. We don't use him too much. Your season's on the line. And he was shredding that defense. And they just, they didn't use him. Didn't use him. Continue to not use him. I don't think we'll see the same thing from the Broncos. At least hopefully they won't make the same mistake. So so I, I'm on board with you for sure here. Last week, we also get to see Jack Doyle coming back from a concussion. Found the end zone for the first time this year. Saw 11 targets against the Titans. Are you expecting him to keep it up this week? Yeah, I like Doyle a lot. I mean, he saw 11 targets last week, like you said. Could have had a much bigger night. Yeah. Uh, bobbled a couple balls, fumbled a ball, almost had a second fumble, but it was overturned on replay. Uh, I don't know. He just could have had a much better night. And over the past month, he's seen 7.6 targets per game, which is fourth among all tight ends. And this spot just sets up well for him. T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief expected to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye on the outside all afternoon. No more Robert Turbin in this offense after he uh, dislocated his elbows, done for the year. So I, I think everything's going to get funneled to Doyle in the middle of the field, pretty much. If he doesn't see double-digit targets, it's going to be real close, and I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked to see him twelve or more either. And uh, this Jaguars team's has has struggled a bit against tight ends. They allowed a four forty-six line against Austin Safarian Jenkins in Week Four. That's nothing to write home about. But Gerald Everett caught a touchdown last week against them for the Rams. Ben, Wa- ben Watson caught one in week three. Delaney Walker had 61 yards in week two. C.J. Fedorowicz had 446 line on just 24 snaps in week one before a concussion. So the Jaguars have struggled a little bit against tight ends. And yeah, it's been confusing watching Doyle because he's making mistakes that we don't expect to see from him, especially you know after last year. He was so consistent, so consistent. He's made a lot of mistakes. You mentioned them. But if he's going to get the targets, he's going to be good. Another thing we were surprised to see, I think, was T.Y. Hilton struggling against the Titans last week or on Monday night. We thought that that was going to be a game he was going to blow up. It was a great matchup. Didn't happen. Now he gets the Jaguars. Is there any way he bounces back this week? Man, coming back home as a plus, but he's had two huge games at home against the 49ers and Browns this this year. Uh, A 7-1-53-1 line against the Browns and a 7-1-77 line against the Niners, but... 
this pass defense for the Jaguars is just much better than those two pass defenses. And like you said, Hilton just completely went invisible last week against the Titans with one catch on four targets for 19 yards. Uh, just has been a nobody really in the other four games outside of those two big games I previously mentioned. And he's going to see a ton of Jalen Ramsey in this one, a ton of A.J. Boye. Might get some looks in the slot against Aaron Colvin, but all these corners on this team are just really good. So I don't like this spot at all for Hilton. Yeah, I mean, they, they shut down wide receivers. That's that's one of our rules so far. Is I guess don't play wide receivers against the Jaguars. And coming off a bad game, but up and down, yeah, you might try to find other options this week. And luckily, only two teams on by, so you might actually have those options. Finally, let's talk about Tariq Cohen, who got on board last week with a touchdown pass, which... You know that was that was that was exciting. Uh, I think that what they have three touchdown passes since Trubisky took over, and he's thrown one of them. So that's that's fun for everybody. I've totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. I think that's right. Is that stat right? I'm pretty sure that's right. They've thrown three. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Fun fun times in Chicago. They're opening up the playbook. It's actually it's actually been fun to watch. But you know, Cohen. Aside from that pass, he was held below 50 total yards on the ground and through the air. Are you expecting any bit better this week? No, not really. I mean, box score lookers will look at this game and see Cohen had double-digit fantasy points, but like you said, a huge chunk of that came on that 21-yard touchdown pass to Zach Miller. He did see a season of 14 carries, but did nothing with an average in 2.3 yards per carry. Was targeted just three times. The Bears aren't throwing the ball a ton with Mitchell Trubisky in the lineup. He's attempted just 41 passes across two starts. That's just not good enough volume whatsoever in the NFL. And Cohen's snaps actually remained way down. He played just 32.5% of the snaps last week, and that falls exactly in line with his snap rate over the last month of 32.5%. And that comes after he played 51.9% of the snaps in weeks one to two. So, I mean, he's just not playing snaps, and Jordan Howard's playing really good ball right now. So I just don't like Cohen at all, even though the Panthers have allowed the third most catches to running backs. It's just not a good spot for Cohen. And I probably wouldn't even use him as a flex in PBR leagues. I'm sorry, Mitchell Trubisky has two touchdown passes. So I... uh... I apologize. He did end up throwing one, but I think when that pass was thrown, that that was how that was how it shook out. So, yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been fun to watch. I'm I agree with you on Cohen, and you mentioned it. If you're if you're trying to take the glass half full approach, or at this point maybe even the glass uh, a quarter full <laughs> approach at this point, you're saying he got he got 15 14 carries, season high. But yeah, there's there's not much to get excited about right now. Thanks as always, Nick. Remember, you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Menzio. You can also follow Rich at Lord Reeves. I'm on Twitter at RM Summerlin. Also, do not forget to rate and review wherever you find the podcast. And we will be back to talk to you next week. field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand Walmart Plus members save on Meeting Up With Friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.